So today I want to speak about two, two themes of these Torah and half Torah portions. Actually, this is uh, one of my favorite ones, to be true. One of my favorite ones. This is actually who I am, because this is, I'm about these things. I want to speak about presence of the Lord, and also I want to speak about our expectations of the Lord's presence. So two things together. These two themes are going together in the scriptures, in today's Torah portion. So let us open Exodus chapter 40, and let us start there. Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. Exodus 40, 34. Here is the moment of truth. Moses was able to build the tabernacle. He finished the job, and it was the time of the first sacrifice in the tabernacle. After he did it, verse 34, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. Well, I can stop already here and we can go home and enjoy our time. But let's go. Moshe was unable to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud remained on it and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. And if you remember, Moshe was able to stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. But he was unable to enter the tent of meeting. How mighty was the presence of the Lord in that place. He couldn't even enter this place. Presence of the Lord. Verse 36. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel continued with all their travels. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not travel onward until the day when it was taken up. For the cloud of Adonai was above the tabernacle during the day, and fire was in at night, so that all the house of Israel could see it throughout all their travels. It is so important to remember. They could see it throughout all, let's say all, their travels. Forty years, day by day, intensive presence of the Lord, cloud, and pillar of fire every day, every night. What a story. So, and now let us read one more place. It is uh, from half Torah portions. First King 8, chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. First King 8, 10 and 11. Here's again. This is the Solomon, Solomon Temple, temple in Jerusalem, the first temple. Right after it was built, finished, uh, completed, Solomon brought the sacrifices into the temple. And here's what happened. Verse 10. When the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. Again, 
they weren't even able to serve there because of the presence of the Lord. It was so intensive. Thick cloud of the Lord. What is story? What is story? Let me read in different translation here. In the same place in different translation. Verse 10. When the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the house of Adonai, which is a temple. So that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of Adonai filled the house of Adonai. Somebody would say this is the, an Old Testament. But think about it. We live in the New Testament, in New Covenant time. Time when Yeshua is with us right now. That was when Solomon finished the building of the temple in Jerusalem. And it was the first time services were performed in the temple. This was a defining moment in the history of the Jewish nation. They built the temple and it became the home for the heart of every Jew from that moment. It was a place of their ministry, the house of prayer, the very place of the revelation about God. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7. Isaiah 56, 7. This I will bring to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. They burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. And here's the end of this message. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So this is the place. It's a very special place here. It calls house of prayer for all the nations. The Lord is here in his presence. Amen. People from all over the world travel there to worship and receive God's mercy. We are wearing kippahs in the memory of the temple. And we also break the glass on the Jewish wedding in the memory of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. It's one of the traditions. Can you imagine how vitally important it was that Solomon brought the first sacrifice to the temple? The history was written there. And all of the people were full of expectation, hope, faith, and they expected the Lord to reveal himself. They were there. They expected the Lord to come. And you know what happened? And the Lord came. How glorious it was. How wonderful it was. Can you imagine the glorious cloud of the Almighty God? It was incredible. Incredible moment. Do you remember? We just read it. When the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord the priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. The glory of the living God filled the place. The people who were called to ministry to bring sacrifices were not able to do their job. They came there to serve the Lord, but they weren't able to serve. They were useless there. 
Look, the Lord took everything in his hands, and he began to minister to the people and poured his favor on that place. You know, I found something. When we minister to the Lord in this place, you know what's happening in that moment, the same moment. He is ministering to us. We are here because we need it. It is for us. The Lord wants to serve, to minister to us. He wants to speak to our hearts. When we minister to Him, at the same time, He is ministering to us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> when I meditate about this glorious moment, I can feel the presence of the Lord on me every time. Every time. Probably this is why it's so quiet here. <laughs> We're just thinking about it. The glory of the Lord in Hebrew kivot means weight or heaviness. His presence sometimes is so heavy on us. So heavy. So real. Every time I read places from the scripture about the Lord's reality, it always amazes me. He came to fellowship with Adam, was a friend, friend of Abraham, and spoke face to face with Moses, Daniel, Job, Isaiah, and all of the people of God. The Lord was real to them. They could feel him. They could hear him. They could talk to him. He was real to him, to them. The Lord was not an idea or theology. And here's the very important part I would like to say to you. He wasn't an idea about the great Lord who is somewhere far away from me. And he was not a the theology. He was not a knowledge about God. His presence manifested in the physical reality, in the midst of the people of Israel. He was there. People of God in ancient times knew his, him personally, face to face, close to him. And here's my uh, part I would like to share with you. And please remember that because it is in my heart deeply. I believe that Messianic Judaism was so influential in the first century. And if somebody will uh, be upset, you can talk to me after the service. I will be able to explain you something, but maybe, maybe not. I believe that Messianic Judaism was so influential in the first century, not because of the excellent theology. At some point it was mess. If you remember 1 Corinthians, what a wonderful congregation it was. Whew. I would not like to be in that congregation. Problems. Difficulties, fight between people. Uh, not because of the excellent the theology or new and beautiful traditions. It is also important. We have our traditions and they're beautiful. It's beautiful traditions. But because of the presence of the living God among them. They were so influ influential because they walked in the glory of the Lord. They were thirsty for the Lord. They were hungry for His presence. And they were filled with His presence. Amen.
They prayed and received answers from the Lord. And they saw his presence among them. I would like to read book of Acts chapter 2. Let us open and let us look at the first Messianic congregation. First Messianic synagogue in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 2 verse 43. Acts 2, 43. Fear lay upon every soul. Personally, I believe and I know that in the presence of the Lord, I heard that some people were in the presence of the Lord and they, they saw butterflies, you know, goosey, 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 you know, beautiful. <laughs> but I know that in the true presence of the Lord, there's fear of the Lord. I know some people who were in the presence of the Lord and they told me, I don't want to be in this presence anymore. I'm afraid. I was scared until the death. I know that the Lord can, can give us joy. And, but here's the presence of the Lord. Fear lay upon every soul. Fear of the Lord. True Precious fear of the Lord, of His presence. And many wonders and signs were happening through the emissaries, through the apostles. Fear of the Lord, His presence, and miracles. They're going together. And all who believed were together, having everything in common. They began selling their property and possessions and sharing them with all as any had need. Day by day, they continued with one mind. Actually, I believe it's our obligation to bless people of Ukraine. Think about it. Pray about it. It's our obligation, I think. We are the body of Messiah. Who knows? Maybe somebody will help us at some point. We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Day by day they continued with one mind, spending time at the temple, and remember, in the fear of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, and breaking bread from house to house. They were sharing meals with gladness and sincerity of heart. <laughs> Praising God and having favor with all the people. Because they were pure, they were holy, they were separated for the Lord. They were special. And every day the Lord was adding to their number those being saved. Do you see the key for revival? It wasn't uh, smart preachers or... Um, okay, I'm not going there. But it was the presence of the Lord, fear of the Lord, anointing, holiness between them, loving relationships. They were together as mishpacha in the presence of the Lord. And people in this world, they, they need this today. They need this. They're lonely. They're afraid. They're concerned. They're looking for true people of the Lord who will love them, 
who will take care of them, who will show the Lord to them. That's what happened in the first century. That is what the first Messianic synagogue looked like. I know that we also have story after story in our own lives. Story after story. I know all, many of you, we, know, we have stories too. The Lord is with us. He is leading us. But I know also that some people today have a lack of the Lord's reality. They live in the spiritual wilderness without the water of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And in these conditions, their faith consists only of doctrines. Only of doctrines. Of knowledge. It sounds like if you know the correct doctrines and remember them, you will be saved. Repeat after me, word by word, and be careful. Better to repeat correctly. <laughs> because your salvation depends on what you say right now. But I would like to read John chapter 4, verse 23. John 4, 23. And uh, I would like to be clear that doctrines are very important. I don't say they are not important. The Word of God is very important. I'm not saying about not importance of the Word of God. I'm saying about importance of the presence of the Lord. So, John 4, 23. Very important place of the Scriptures. But an hour is coming. It is here now. Yeshua was saying that to the woman at the well. But an hour is coming, it is here now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father, let us say together, in spirit and truth. In spirit and truth. Do you see both? Spirit and truth are here. For the Father is seeking such people as His worshippers. Such people who will worship Him in spirit and truth. So we can see here two parts of the true worship to the Lord. First, worship in the spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit. His living waters. His reality. His life inside of us. It is first part. But it is not enough for sure. There is a second part. Worship in the truth. In truth. And we all know that word of the Lord is the ultimate truth. So our worship consists with two streams. Knowledge of the scriptures. Knowledge of the truth. Correct understanding of the Lord. And His presence. I mean, the Lord could give them only ten commandments, it's all. You have Bible... Bye, my, my children. <laughs> See you on the other side of Jericho. Now, he was with them all 40 years. Every day. Spirit and the truth. His presence and his Torah are together. And this why in the Mishkana, Tabernacle of David, <laughs> when there were Torah, uh, tablets of commandments, and the Spirit, they came together. It was a glorious moment that even Moses wasn't able to stand and to enter this place. Amen. Amen. 
Our correct doctrines are fundamental, but they're only a part of our walk with the Lord because faith is a living relationship with the Lord. And please, when you hear the word faith, you can put it relationships. You can put the word walk with the Lord. Your faith, it is your walk, daily life, your relationships. In the Torah, we can see times of the outpouring of the Lord's presence in the old days. And we have greater promises for us today. Yeshua told us, and here's the promise. Please grasp it. Remember it. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. This is one of my fundamental prayer. This is my prayer. I'm always praying to the Lord this prayer. Actually, this is the secret. Do not tell anybody. You can use it, but do not between us. Matthew 18, 20. And here's the very important uh, word here, and I need your help. Okay? For wherever, wherever two or three, for wherever two or three, two or three are assembled in my name, I am there with them. Okay, I don't know. It is promised from Yeshua the Messiah to us. When we are coming together in His presence, Matthew chapter 8 in verse 20, when we are coming together in this place to worship Yeshua in His name, He is with us. And I know we can have skeptical people, skepticism, we can have faith. It's up to us. It's up to us. Because he's here, and how we'll react to him, it's up to us. If you are here in his name, he is with you. He will be in you. So it's a good place to be in his presence. Amen. We are together in the name of Yeshua, and he is with us right now which means the miracle can happen any moment. The Lord can answer you. The Lord can bless you. The Lord can heal you. The Lord can give you peace in your heart. He can speak to your life. He can change your destiny in one second, one moment, like that. I experienced in my life when the Lord spoke to my heart. He changed my directions. He changed my view of things, my position. So many times during the worship, during the reading of the scriptures, during the messages. It is a wonderful moment. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 16. John 14, 16. John 14, 16. I will ask the Father, and I believe Yeshua asked, it shall be given to him. <laughs> it is already given to him. I will ask the Father, will give your another helper so he may be with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him you know him you know him you know him because he abides with you Yeshua was was the vessel of the Holy Spirit with them 
they knew Yeshua and they knew the Holy Spirit. He abides with you and will be in you. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And here's the important truth. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Today we live in challenging times when the world is consumed with fear. Global political changes are taking place and it's my personal opinion. You can agree with me or disagree. It's up to you. It's my opinion. It's my opinion. I'm sure that the world we knew will never be the same. I think it's my opinion. And so our natural human condition is to be in fear, to fill our hearts with worries and doubts. I know that today some people are increasingly seeking God and turning to Him, while others are turning away because their hearts are getting cold. And it's up to us. The Lord loves us. He gave us His Spirit. We need to be in fire for the Lord. We need to love Him more and more. Amen. Because we are human beings and tend to get used to everything good, we are tempted to be scared when changes comes. comes. But what I want to say today is that even if the, on, in the midst of challenging times, the Lord is always with us. His Holy Spirit is with, within us. In such difficult times, it is very important to have firm hope in the Lord, to know His word. To love his commandments, love his commandments. And at the same time, it is essential to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Yeshua gave us his promise, I will not abandon you as orphans, I will come to you. When a person does not feel acceptance, does not realize that the Lord adopted him, then comes uncertainty. An attempt to earn the love of God. Because this orphan spirit, you want to earn his love. But if you understand that he adopted you, you are his son, your daughter, you can, you can rejoice in his presence. Without the Lord, our Heavenly Father, we are all orphans. Defenseless and helpless people uncertain about tomorrow without the Lord. And the Lord Yeshua gave us His Spirit so that we could not only know from the Bible that we are the God's children, but so that we could experience Him in everyday life. In the chapter from the Torah, we can see that the Lord God of Israel has always been with His people, always, 40 years, every day. It was not just knowledge, not just the Ten Commandments that they were given to Moses but the pillar of God's fire in the camp. When the priest at the tabernacle of Moses made the first sacrifices, the Lord descended in the cloud of glory, thick cloud of glory. People fell on their faces because they couldn't stand. Can you, can you imagine this picture? Millions of people on their faces, and the Lord is right there. Who would say, I'm atheist? I don't believe in the Lord. <laughs> it wasn't possible to do because the Lord was there. Amen. So, so, today even more. 
Yeshua is yesterday, today, and forever the same. We have a greater ministry, a greater way to see and experience the Lord's glory and His presence in our own life because now He is not somewhere there. Today He is here. <laughs> the Lord never condemns us. He is always for us and passionately wants to bring us to His glorious place, into His reality. And everything we need is to put our trust in Him, fix our expectations on the Lord, and follow Him in obedience, step by step. This is what the, is called faith in the Bible. The same way faith, trust, it can be also translated as trust, was required in the times of the Old Testament, Tanakh. The same faith is required today. I would like to read one example of faith in the scriptures. Let us open a beautiful place, Luke chapter 18, verse 35. And before I will read it, I would like to say a few words about faith. So, faith is not just knowledge. Demons also know about the Lord, and they are demons. I think they know doctrines very well. What do you think? I'm sure he knows. I'm pretty sure. But he's... They are demons. So it's not just knowledge. That knowledge is important, but it's not just knowledge. Faith is not a set of rules. Faith, it is not a passive state. Our trust in the Lord is always active. We trust the Lord. We pray. We worship Him every day of our lives. And also, faith, it is not a set of traditions. We have our traditions, but faith is much more. It is relationships. So, Luke 18, verse 35. And I believe it is the last place of scriptures. Luke 18, verse 35. Now, as Yeshua was approaching Jericho, a certain blind man was sitting by the road, begging. I love it. Certain blind man. I think it was me. It was you. At some point of your life, you realize that you're blind. And you need to see, show the Messiah. You need to have light. You need to have living relationships with the Lord. So it was me there. So I like this story. A certain blind man was sitting by the road begging. But when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. Because he was blind. He just heard. He couldn't see. They told him that Yeshua Hanatsrati, Jesus of Nazareth, was passing by. <laughs> and he cried out, saying, Yeshua, Ben David, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know that we have wise people around us. We have our own experience our own knowledge, our own wisdom. And those leading the way were scolding him. This knowledge, this experience, this fear um, can hold in us from going 
hold us from going after Yeshua. So he would be quiet. They told him, be quiet. What are you doing here? Yeshua is busy. He is doing global things right now. He is going to Jerusalem or to somewhere else. Don't bother him. Quiet, blind man. It's enough for you. Here's that one dollar bill. Quiet. But he kept shouting all the more. Ben David, son of David, have mercy on me. And verse 40, we know all this verse. So Yeshua stopped and ordered the blind man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Yeshua asked him, What do you want me to do for you? I, I can't stand this ask questions from Yeshua. It's always the same question. Here's the man who blind for all his life, begging him for help. And Yeshua, Yeshua, it is obvious he wants to be healed. Why do you ask him? Or do you remember about another man who was paralyzed and who was expecting somebody to put him in the water? What do you want from me? Yeshua, come on. <laughs> what a question you have. When I read this, I think Yeshua expecting faith from this man. Trust. He wants us to trust in him. He wants us to ask from him. He wants us to have faith and put our trust in him. What do you want from me? I believe he's asking us. And even now, during this service, we are here more than two or three. It is praise, praise the Lord. And I believe he's asking, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? And he said, Master, I want to see again. <laughs> oh, Yeshua said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Yeshua said it. That man was blind. Nothing changed until Yeshua said it. And when Yeshua said it, immediately the man received his sight and began following Yeshua. He received his sight at the first step. And the second step began following Yeshua. So our faith is not just I believe. Our faith, I'm following Yeshua. This is faith. Healed and walked with the Lord. Wow. Wow. Began following Yeshua, glorifying God. And when all the people saw it, they also gave praise to God. So I believe this story about you, about me, people who came to Yeshua, who were not ashamed to realize that Yeshua is our Messiah. It doesn't matter who said to us, what they said to us. It doesn't matter if our relatives or our friends were trying to keep us from faith in Yeshua. You're Jew. You can't believe in Yeshua. Yes, I can. I will. I will follow him because I'm blind. 
and now I see. This man went through such difficulties. He was blind all his life, but he didn't lose his faith. He had all rights to be upset with the Lord, but he chose to believe and trust the Lord. And from his example, we can learn to trust the Lord. We can learn from him. And this is the last place of Scripture, Luke 11. Luke 11. Book of Luke, chapter 11. I promise you, this is the last for today. Luke 11, verse 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. And in the end, I want to briefly share with you the message I shared with the congregation in Mikhailov today, actually tonight, yesterday. I was online with them and I gave some few words to them to encourage them. I love them with all my heart. They are my congregation too. This is the congregation where I served as a rabbi for 16 years before I came here. So. I looked young, but I'm 85 years old. I'm, I'm joking. Do not tell anybody. So, so yeah, for 16 years I was with them. I, my heart with them, really, right now. It's difficult for me to be here while they are in Nikolaev. I reminded them that I talked to them about what will happen in the last days. Many times I gave the message on Matthew 24. I remember so many times I gave a message about persecution and suffering that many believers will encounter sooner or later I remember that messages the time we read scriptures together back then what seemed unimaginable has become reality we couldn't even imagine I remember some people was ugh, persecutions 24 it's not about me. We are in Ukraine. It's a peaceful place. I believe right now in America, some people are thinking, it's not about us. We are good. We are in America. Everything is fine. Now is the time to remember the Lord's faithfulness and be ready for him to walk through this with you. It is the time to remember first believers and what they walked through with trust and hope in the Lord. I really believe it is the time to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk in His truth. So my message to them was, I know it is hard. I know it is scary. I know it is dangerous. I know you are afraid. I know it. I know it. But nevertheless, it is time to, to trust the Lord. It is time to ask the Lord to fill your hearts because only He can be your shield. And the truth is, even if we die, even if we die, even if we die, I'm sorry for saying that. I'm sorry for Cloth. I'm sorry for Tom. We love them so much. Even if we die, we have eternal life with the Lord. So this is the time to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Amen. with His presence, with His love. We don't know about our future. 
Who knows? But the Lord is with us today. So use this time wisely. Find oil. Worship the Lord. Be close together with the Lord and with each other as a group of people, as a mishpacha. Serve together. This is the time to revive, to be alive. Because we don't know our future. I would like to pray. And I would like to invite Rabbi Tsenina. I would like to pray. Lord, I thank you for, for your presence in this place. I so thank you for the glory of the cloud on this place, this very place, Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for your mercy, for your healing, for your power of restoration in this place, Lord. I thank you for these beautiful people, Lord, wonderful people, people who love you with all their hearts. I thank you for this, this opportunity, Lord, to be here with them. I thank you, Lord. I'm so humbled by this opportunity, Lord, to stay in your presence, to be here, Lord, to feel you, to worship you, to serve you, Lord, with these wonderful people of God. I thank you so much. Lord, ask, bless them, Lord. Protect them, Lord. Give them your peace. Heal them, Lord. Be their shepherd every day of their lives, Lord. And also, Lord, I ask for congregation in Nikolai right now, in Odessa, in, in Ukraine, all the people who are there, who believe, who trust you, Lord. They are like sheep, and they need, need you, Lord. They need you, Lord. You're their shepherd. Please, Lord, be their shepherd. Protect them. Give them peace. Spare them from death, Lord, supernaturally. And Lord, again, we ask, stop this war, Lord, by your mercy, by your power. We ask, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for everything. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. So let us stand together. In the end, I would like to remind you that if Beth Israel is a blessing to you, please consider being a blessing to Beth Israel. I would like to pray for you. Let us pray together. Yevrecha Adonai veishmerecha, Yer Adonai panavalecha vichunecha, Yisa Adonai panavalecha vayasem lecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Shabbat shalom, mishpacha. And I would like to, we have one more announcement.